Welcome to the Must Love Self podcast. My name is Carly Israel and I am your host. What is Must Love Self all about? It's about our bodies, our worth, and our voices. It is a movement, an attitude, it is a decision, it is a project, it is a journey, it is a life choice. Every week I get to interview a brave woman who may not be perfect, but is on the path and is willing to share their ugly and their beautiful. And I've got Cher Reese on here, and we've never actually spoken, but we I can say I genuinely love you. Oh, me too. Me you too. know what I love about you? You're so real. Like you, you no, it's so it might be too much for some. I don't care, but th- there are, those are not our people. Um, what I love about it is it's refreshing because you do something that I've really intentionally tried to do, especially on social media, which is show who I really am and give that permission. So we're going to get there. But before we even start, will you tell us why you decided to say yes to this conversation that I kind of begged you to do? Yeah, for sure. Um, I don't know. It was never really like a no for me or even like a thought. I mean, anytime anybody asks me to speak with them or speak to the world, I'm like, yeah, sure. Why not? I mean, I just feel like we all have something to offer. We all have somebody that we're going to make some sort of connection with and make their day better or their week better or their year better, or maybe worse. I hope not, but, um, (laughs) that we all, you know, have something to kind of give that's, that's my goal. I love that so much. And, you know, I was thinking as I was loading my dishwasher this morning and I was thinking about our talk, you know, I can hear certain people's voices when they share things. And I hope one day you decide to put all your words down into your story, because I think that you have something that people need to hear, which is why I'm so excited to have you today. Oh, that's so nice. I want to know if you're willing to share your age. Yes, I am 41. Me too. So I wanted to ask you this. Growing up or just in general, do you ever see or hear women that don't want to talk about how old they are? Yes. I don't even understand concepts like that. Will you tell me what you think is the reason why they do it? I think that when women don't want to share anything, this like just isn't about age, but I don't know about like what's going on with them emotionally or physically or whatever. When people don't want to share things, this isn't even just women, but you know, obviously we're talking about women. I don't know. They're fearful about what that means. Like sort of saying it out loud means something bad. My, my dad used to always say growing up, like what's the alternative of like, you know, as a birthday, how people like wouldn't want their birthdays to be celebrated. He was like the, who wants the alternative? Like we should be celebrating each year, you know, that we're here. And I feel like I'm better than at 41 than definitely was at 31. I love that so much. And it's so true. And I have always been okay with my age because I try taking my own life, as you know, because you've read my story at 19. So for me, every year is a bonus year. But I remember I was listening to Cheryl Sandberg talking about option B and you know, her husband died at 47, you know, tragically on a randomly on a vacation. And she said her friends would complain about turning older. I don't want to be 48. I don't want to be 49. And she said she would stop them and say, how dare you? Right. Yet you get to be, and and my husband never gets to be. And so that's a reminder, right? 
I want to get a feeling from where you are currently in each of the areas that must love self focuses on. So our body, our worth and our voices, I'm going to define each one for you, but on a scale of one to 10, I want you to tell me where you are right now and where is the lowest you've been. One is like, I'm a monster to myself. I'm not kind. And 10 is I'm pretty awesome to myself. And I know like who I am. Where are you right now with your image of your body? And that doesn't mean just visually, like how you look, we're going to get into it with you, but like your acceptance of what your body is. Hmm. I would say maybe like a seven or an eight. Like for me, my body is connected to how I feel and not necessarily how I look. Right. So, and will you give us a little background so people know what you're talking about? Like in terms of my medical stuff? Yeah. Just so we know. Yeah. So, um, I was diagnosed with MS almost six years ago. And, um, for me, obviously my life changed in that moment or week, I guess it ended up being, um, cause you know, one day I woke up and it was just like, la di da, everything looks the same. And then, you know, a day later it was, you know, chaos and scary. And I mean, just craziness. And honestly, that period of time, that sort of moment lasted about a week. And then I, um, sort of was like, let's do this shit. That's kind of how I roll in general. Um, and so I had like this week of time where I was just trying to figure out what was wrong with me. I mean, I was like very sick and no one, you know, knew and whatever. And that like uncertainty was very unknown. But then right when I found out, I kind of like had a moment of tears and whatever. And then like, I haven't cried since about it. So really, yeah, that's so interesting. We're going to get deeper into it. We'll get get more to that. But anyways, so the way that I feel like the way that my body feels and, and it is in like connected to weight and things like that, because my body doesn't feel, I don't feel good if I'm like, it, it doesn't, the number is whatever, but like, you know, if I'm, if I have a couple more pounds on me, it's like, it just doesn't, it doesn't feel right to me. It's thing. Like you yeah. actually, your body actually is worse yeah. off medically. Like it medically is worse when you have, yes. and I've been exploring these things over the years. It's not necessarily like medically it's it, 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 it relates to medically, but like I, it affects you know, your symptoms worse. Yes. Or just affects the way my head sort of is connected to, um, my body and just like all of that kind of stuff. I'm like very big into like diet and not diet as in like clean, like, yes. Like just the way I eat and the way, um, but trust me, there's no like a hundred percent here. It's like an 80, 20 plan. Um, but because you, you know, have to be otherwise, yes. And I have three children, like, forget right. it, please. So, um, yeah. So for me, it's about that connection with how I feel. So I would say right now, um, I'm at like a seven or an eight and that kind of, like, I would say probably six months ago, I was more at like a four or a five and like, I've made some changes to kind of get, um, like in conversation with like you know, holistic stuff and whatever. Can you Um, give us a little bit of info, like what kind of changes you made or like what you were feeling from four to five to now? So I have not eaten gluten or dairy since I was diagnosed with MS because I'm like a huge control freak. And like in that period of time where you're trying to figure out medications and like what your doctor thinks is the right thing to do, I was like, I must do something. So I did a lot of research. I found like those are more inflammatory. You know, MS is obviously an issue with inflammation. And so I was like, let's just do it. And I kind of went all in and even like, was like a no sugar kind of thing for a while. Well, that's like not sustainable. So, but I literally have not eaten gluten or dairy in five and a half years. So 
And people always ask me if it worked, like if it's helpful for my MS. And I'm like, I have no idea because I literally started it right away and I'm doing great. And so let's just, I'm never going to go back. Um, so then sugar like was part of my diet. Most importantly, this like large smoothie every day. I, again, I'm like a creature. When you say habit. sugar, are you talking about actually natural sugar? Like yes, strawberries and like bananas, and but you're not talking about like pouring like chocolate in it. You're talking about no. heat, so like natural like I sugar. Drinking a smoothie every day for probably five years. Okay. My breakfast. And, um, you know, I would tweak it a little bit, but it was like veggies and fruits and, you know, coconut milk. I mean, right. That's like remotely, bad. which is all super like, clean. And beautiful. You right. Right. Quotes, okay. quoting because we do, cause you know what you just did, you know, that our society <laughs> right. has taught us there's certain yes. bad for you foods, which yes. is so insane. none of yes. that is quote unquote on that bad list. Um, but for, I was having a lot of like female health stuff and I have been to different doctors and like whatever, and it wasn't, nothing was kind of cutting it. So I actually, I have a friend who lives in town and she um, works with Chinese medicine and acupuncture. And I went to her and she was like, that smoothie is like, let's just try it. And right. she was super like, like, I was like, can I eat tomato sauce on, you know, a pizza that I make because that has sugar in it. She's like, yeah, like, don't go crazy, but this, it's scary. It's yeah, scary when it's just something away right. amount of stuff at the same time. And it has worked. I have not had a smoothie in six months because so, you could tell the difference pretty soon. Oh, I'm yes. It you is, know, yes, it is different. So again, like everybody has to like, for someone else, a smoothie could be like the best thing. Right. Ever and I'm not saying I will never drink a smoothie, but I probably will drink a smoothie maybe once every month or two, not like an everyday thing. Um, and so, you know, I'm all about like, people have to figure out when I was diagnosed, everybody had some advice for me, you know, try so, blueberries, put some walnuts yeah, on or your like, ass. Yeah. let me have you talk to my friend, you know, whatever. Right. So everybody has to work. And this is like, whether you have some sort of like disease or not, like you have to be connected with what works for you and your body and your head. And, um, it's and what I'm really hearing weird. you say, it also changes. Yes. Right. For six for years, sure. that smoothie yeah. was life. And then you, when you go through these different phases in your life and to figure out what works and what doesn't. I love what you said. You have to figure out what works for you. Yeah. And with the umbrella over it, what works for us today might not work for us in six months. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that people that like subscribe to these kind of like, I mean, my kind of gluten dairy thing probably is like an all or nothing kind of thing, just because I don't know, that's probably more mental maybe than not, but I, it, I don't miss it. It's not a problem. It makes no difference in my life. And like, I'm doing great health wise. So I'll just stick with it. But like the, sh you know, the fruit or sugar piece, like that's a little difficult, you know, for me mentally, as well as just like in general, it's in a lot of stuff, you know? Um, and so I've, I've, I've added a little bit back in and it's, I've been fine. And so like, I think you just have to figure out what works for you. And I think that sometimes people feel like they have to subscribe to some like certain diet in quotes or, um, way of eating when it doesn't have to be totally like that. And you have to figure out like, what's that balance and what is the most important to you. So like, you know, I eat really well, but that doesn't mean that I don't put like makeup on my face or some like skincare product that doesn't, isn't all, right. you know what I'm saying? So like, I just think that everybody has to do like what works best for them and kind of figure that out.
before your diagnosis, did you ever have any issues with your body or how you look? Well, I went to Weight Watchers when I was 12. Okay, there we go. We're going to get there then. <laughs> so we're going to come back there. I, before I, I want to get to that story, but I want to get these numbers done. Tell me what your lowest number has been in your whole life in terms of what you thought of your own body. Oh, wow. Um, probably like a two or a three. Was that around that time or later? Yeah, that and probably like college time. Good times, right? Tell me what your score is for your own worth, knowing what you're worth, knowing that you are worthy, knowing how you need to be treated in situations today. Oh, a nine or a 10 even. Awesome. What is the lowest it's been? Probably not lower than a seven or eight. I mean, I I don't really, that's not my issue. That's not your area. (laughs) Yeah. Let me ask you a question. And this might not be at all for you. When your body is not feeling well today because of your medical stuff, does that mess with your brain's worth of yourself? Or are you very clear? Like, so I have medical yeah, stuff. No, it doesn't. Will no. you tell us the trick? Because when <laughs> I have chronic medical stuff, nothing like yeah. yours, but it's just all the time. And my, my body will not feel well. And instead of just being kind and being like, oh, Carly, I'm so sorry. You're not feeling well today. I mean, inside of my head about really, why do you have to not feel well right now? You have so much to get done. How are you going to get this stuff done? You don't have that at all. Yeah. I, I might have that. I don't, I don't even like hear that. I feel like I'm very laser focused on like just, and again, this is not like a positive thing. Potentially this could be a negative thing, but I'm very focused on like what needs to happen on a daily or a weekly or a yearly basis. And like my medical stuff, thank God, I would say 98% of the time does not get does not interfere with that. And I, again, I don't know if that's because I should like take a minute and let it, you know, again, I mean, like when you have a day that you don't feel well, that doesn't mess with your head. You're, you just find acceptance. Yeah. And I just power on. I love that. So you power (laughs) through power through that's the difference, right? I do too. Right. But not only my powering through, I've got this added weight of why don't you feel like, like being being impatient with my own body, which is yes. totally okay. Useless. I can get that. Yes. yes. I can get that. Okay. Like, it's just annoying. I, I thought you found like the, no. okay. Like, okay. I'm... I feel better. Thank you. Yes. No, totally. <laughs> okay. And tell last one, what is your ability? And I have a feeling what your answer is. What is your ability to use your voice to advocate for yourself? Oh, a 10. What was the lowest it's ever been? I don't know that it's been lower than you're that. always been able to do it. Yeah. I would say maybe a nine. I mean, I don't, yeah, that's all. Awesome. Well, maybe when I was like a kid or something, but you know, like, I was probably like were- a little bit more introverted. Yeah. I would say, okay. It's probably gotten better as I've gotten older, but you know, I was never like somebody that sort of just sat in the background and like, I, I, I can't, I don't know how I find that to be shocking. Okay. <laughs> I want to go back to when you're a little girl. So the women that you were around, what did you see or not see or hear or not hear in terms of what a woman should be like, shouldn't be like, how she should dress, how you should be, how you should act, um, just your place in society of a woman. Yeah. What did you experience? Um, I don't know about acting, like looking, you know, again, I think that this is probably something that we've all been through. And especially like, I mean, I don't know, 25, 30 years ago, like, I think diet culture was like way worse than it is now, to be honest. Let me give you a little, little image. So you maybe you can relate. <laughs> my mother 
never said anything to me about my weight because I found out after doing my interview with her that her mother put her on a diet, Mm. but I was already anorexic. Like I didn't need to be put on anything. I was crazy, but she would march in front of the TV to Jane Fonda and was constantly on some new diet, steak and potatoes, steak and salad, no bagels, taking off the top off of her McDonald's burger, drinking Diet Coke, smoking, and always telling me that she was fat. And like, whenever she would try something on, she'd be like, can you zip this up? I'm so disgusting. Yeah. What were you seeing from your mother? That is the, yes, that again. (laughs) Because we're the same age. (laughs) Right. I mean, because that was just what it was. Like my parents were doing nothing wrong or like trying, you know, that was just like how we grew up. We always talked about diets and weight and stuff like that. And to the point where like, when my kids were born, we all sat down and talked and I was like, we're not talking about weight or diets. So you knew, you knew enough to say, I don't want to do that same thing that we have. I don't know that it actually like affected me. So like, I think that a lot of people would say that, okay, so my mom took me to Weight Watchers when I was 11 or 12. I can't even remember. I was a very overweight child. Um, and I think some people would say like, and then I, you know, ended up binging or like, then I ended up restricting or like my life is forever tainted. I actually think it was a great thing for me. Tell us about that time. So Were you aware of it or was, she, yes. how did that happen? So I was again, like overweight. I actually was just telling my mom the other day and she was like, oh my God, that happened. You know, like these things that you think about, cause I have a daughter and whatever we think I, these things come up. I was like a big into dance. And I remember the, um, the teacher saying, you know, we would pick out our costumes for our recital every year and you'd like flooding little costumes. And, yeah. Yeah. Like ridiculous. <laughs> you'd flip through the book and our teacher would say, Oh no, we can't get a bodysuit in this class. Cause you know, I, I feel like she potentially even mentioned me by name and maybe that was me like remembering it that way. But you know, that that just wouldn't work for the body types in the class. And again, she was a great, like this wasn't, this was just like the culture of life, you know, back in the eighties. And so, um, and my mom said to me, like, I can't believe she said that. And I mean, it didn't, again, it didn't do anything to me or it wasn't harmful, a problem. I mean, it might've been at that moment. Do you Um, remember not liking your body or were you just like, whatever? I remember being like, everybody would tell me that I had such a pretty face. So they made an effort to tell you that. Yes, that I was such a pretty girl. I had such a pretty face. That's what everybody always said. Like, oh my gosh, you're such a pretty face. And then it would be like, but of course, yeah, because I don't have a pretty body, you know? So my mom took me to Weight Watchers. Did you ask her for help? I feel like we maybe talked about it. I don't know that it was like a, you're doing this or, you know, I don't specifically remember like the before that, but we went to Weight Watchers. It was like a great experience. I met, it was like a teen Weight Watcher class, you know, so I connected with other people. Um, I learned how to eat because Weight Watchers is very much like just, you can eat anything. You know, there's no like, it's not like, oh, you can't eat cookies and you can't eat, you know, you can eat anything. It's just like portion control. I actually feel like I still sort of, have things in my head about right because you know you learn when you're growing up right I mean we were both part of the snack well culture when yes if if something was fat free you could eat it so I would eat an entire box of snack wells because they're fat free yes so that is actually and so okay so I lived by this world I mean my whole life probably I lived by like sort of this Weight Watchers world even I would always come back to it like I went back to Weight Watchers pre-wedding like I just would live by these like things well then so when you went to Weight Watchers and you found actually helpful, it was helpful for you. Did it change your body at that time? Yes. And did you get different attention? Um, I think that like, 
I don't know that anybody was ever really, like really mean. So I'm just a very personable person and connect with people like uh, in a different way. And I don't know that anybody was actually like, I'm sure they were mean behind my back, but like, I don't know that anybody was actually ever really mean to me, like to my face. Um, I don't Lucky. know. Yeah. I don't Did know. you feel differently about yourself? Yes. And like, I definitely felt like that was felt more like me. You know what I mean? Like, yes, my body changed very much. Um, and I was much more confident and that was sort of like that middle school year, which is obvious, awful, regardless. I have a child in middle school right now. Oh my gosh, please. I know we both have three. I want to ask you before we get to your diagnosis without getting into anyone's personal stuff, does this affect you as a parent with what you've gone through? Because obviously you said you sat down before you had your children and said, we're not going to talk about diet and weight in Mm -hmm. our house. Does it ever come up? I mean, I only have boys, but it still comes up. All three of my boys have said something to me about their consciousness of their body. Oh yes. What is, what have your, your experiences and how do you handle that? It's tough. Um, I, we just talk about how everybody's body's different and like everybody, you know, feels differently about the way they look and, um, that it, could be a constant conversation or thought process. You know, I don't really try and say like, no, it's not, or no, that's silly or no, right, you're great. that makes you because feel like, alone. yeah, you need to like validate how they're feeling. Um, but we talk about eating healthy food and being active. That's it. Like, that's just like what something I want to comment on without getting into anyone's personal stuff is you share a lot about like, who your daughter is, is like a spirit. And, and she's like the, she's like the embodiment, at least from I see on the outside, cause I don't know her of how I wish I could have been when I was growing up because she seems free in a way that I definitely never was. And I have to say that I believe that his direct effect of you as oh. a parent. So I want to know what you have done, especially as a raising a daughter, cause I don't have that privilege. Mm-hmm. to help her like shine. Like I met this one I'm woman too emotional. Talking no, but it's important because it's such a big deal. Right. And w- I met this one woman on here and she said that her new mantra and I made her a sign says, I honor my sparkly heart. And I feel like your daughter is that she definitely has a sparkly heart and a little bit of some fire in there too. I love um, it. <laughs> she isn't, she has her own stuff too, yeah. you know, like that perception of social media, like, right. You're not going to post a picture of her having a tantrum. Right. Oh, <laughs> there's plenty of those. Yeah. Um, and, but she also like, you know, lacks some confidence as a female and as a almost eight year old, you know, and things are, I mean, it's hard to be a kid, right. And especially in this past year. Oh my gosh. Okay. That's like a whole other podcast, but, um, <laughs> she, yeah. I mean, I think I always tell her like, I was kind of shy when I was younger and I'm like, she's just like how I am now. You know, she's not how I was. She looks exactly like me. I mean, like my mom looks at her and is like, that was you (laughs) to a T. Right. But her, um, her behavior and her like sort of outspokenness, that was not me at all. I was like pretty quiet, you know, kept to myself a little bit like, but yeah, she's got a lot going on. She's a special lady. (laughs) <laughs> would you, would you take her to Weight Watchers if she needed help? God, I know that honestly, these are conversations that are happening in my head right now. 
I don't think so. I don't know. I don't know. Can I tell you that I've talked to a lot of women and a lot of women have a similar experience as their mom taking them somewhere. You're the first one who was positive, which is awesome. Yeah. yeah. But I have to tell you, it's the most, it's one of the most challenging conversations to approach with your child yeah. if they don't love who, what their body looks like, yeah. because that could make or break their life voice, right? That voice in their head of what well, my mom thinks I need this to be fit. Yeah. 100%. I think that when we talk about our bodies, her and I, and I mean, also with my boys, cause this is not just a, female. no, it's not. It's definitely not. Um, we talk about that, you know, everybody's body is different and you could literally do the exact same food intake and exercise output as the person sitting right next to you and look completely different. So there's a piece of that also, and that you have to learn to love who you are, because if you don't love yourself, how is anybody else going to love you? That conversation actually already happened this week. That makes me teary because when I was her age, I was one year away from wanting to not live anymore. And, you know, she, I don't want that light, you know, and I know we all have that, you know, what's interesting is, you know, so you have two boys and I have three boys when we were growing up, we had to face, you know, YM magazine and all that crap, like to see what girls are supposed to look like. Boys did not. There was nothing except for like Zach Morris on Say by the Bell. And he was not showing his abs. So right. now all of our boys are on YouTube and they're seeing yeah. all these dudes with abs. And my boys are like, How, what do I have to do to get my abs like this? And one of my boys said to the other boys, if you just don't eat, mm-hmm. they'll look like that. And I'm like, no, 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 stop. Blah, blah, blah. Like, that's, that's like, not no thank you yeah but it's true like they are seeing completely different images than we were seeing oh yes yeah and and in some ways I feel like there are you know sometimes I feel like it's a little bit almost better now though okay because you do have these movements that are all about like because we're having conversation healthy yes and so like yes there are terrible terrible things for them to see and hear and whatever, but there also are some good things, you know, you're so right. The only thing I remember was after school specials of watching like a girl with like extreme anorexia and bulimia. And like, I just like took pointers. Like there was no, like love yourself. Right. 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 And I do think that there is a lot of that love yourself now. I I do think that schools are, you know, really on board with doing a good job with that. And, um, you know, at least our school and, that there are plenty of therapists to go there around are. for. But myself. I got to tell you um, at the end of the day, at least where I'm experiencing every single one of my kids has been made fun of for how they look every single one. Oh yeah. Oh, for sure. The so kids mean, don't I, change. Yes. That is or made fun of for something. You know, I, I always tell my kids like everybody has something and like people are going to find it. You know what I mean? Like it just is what it is. Yes. I want to transition to take us before you got diagnosed, what was going on in your life that made everything change and walk us through that period? Well, let's see. It was, so I have three kids and now they're 13, 10 and seven. And at that time they were, I guess it was like eight, eight, six and two, eight, five and two, eight, five and two. And 
it was, you know, craziness. Like I work full time and I have three kids and life is insane. (laughs) And I actually like woke up one morning and went, my legs were sort of numb and I'm like, eh, whatever. And I went to work and then my son almost, uh, they thought he broke his arm at camp. So then we went and got that checked out all the while my legs are numb, but I, again, didn't have time for that. Cause that's like typical mom stuff. Went back to work, came home, took a shower. And like, then it started kind of creeping up into my stomach. And my, I said to my husband, like, I'm going to the hospital. And he was kind of like, what is happening right now? But like, you went from, I'm fine. I'm going you know, go right. to, work to I need to go to the hospital. Yeah. And I drove myself to the ER because um, you have little kids and he can't come with you. Yes. And I remember him like sort of hanging out the door, like watching me go kind of like, I'm going to call your parents. I'm like, no, it's fine. <laughs> and um, he actually did call my parents. Thank goodness. And they met me at the hospital, but yeah, I went there. They, you know, did all the stuff, MRI, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, came and back and said, like, this is what we think it is, you know? And then there were some other, it was a long week, you know? You did did not find out that day. They came into me that I stayed overnight in the hospital. They came back to me that morning, actually, like um, a resident came into me and said um, it, it with no one in the room with me, I was by myself. It looks like it might be MS. And I, and she said, I'm so, so sorry. It looks like it might be MS. And I was like, you don't need to say you're sorry to me. I really was, that was my line. That was my response to her because that really pissed me off. And you didn't like, like that she apologized for it. Yeah. Like you don't even know who I am, whatever it is, it's going to be fine. You know, that's kind of always my mentality. And so, and by the way, you should make something up until someone's in the room with me because my mom was going to be there in like 20 minutes it would have been a much better scenario, but that's, you know, what it is. So then, you know, there was just like a week of like testing to like confirm. And honestly, I kind of got sicker and sicker and started losing feeling in my hands and you know, it was just like a crazy, can you explain to us who don't understand what was actually happening? So, okay. So what was happening is I went to, when I went to them, so I was having like the surface numbness, I could still walk and everything, but when they did an MRI, they found a lesion on my spine. That was like an active lesion. So I basically was like, you know, there was an interruption to kind of my legs and and then it was you know not again like I could walk but it was kind of that's getting what worse. was causing you numb yeah I was causing like a numbness it's kind of like when you would touch my leg I couldn't feel it you know and so then when they sent me home it started like heading into my arms so then there was like a severe anxiety about like every morning when I woke up would I would not be able to like get out of bed and walk because what's again, next I didn't know what was happening to my to my body and I you know, I called in a bunch of favors, like whatever, you know, got in to get some more MRIs, figure things out. And honestly, like at that point, my husband and I were sort of praying that it was MS because it felt, I was getting really sick and I was like, what if I have a brain tumor? Right. So, you know, you didn't know. And so, um, I finally, it was probably a week. It was a week period of time, this like back and forth, not being able to figure it out. And, um, I, you know, they like at that point they called me, a doctor called me after my second MRI at home and, and told me that it was, you know, definitely MS. I burst into tears, et cetera, et cetera. I had my whole pity party that night. Like I have a question. Were your tears also relief that it wasn't like brain cancer or was it, or your tears 
like overwhelming because now you know for sure this is what it is? I think it was over. I think it was now I know for sure what it is. And my whole thought process was like, I just want to grow old and be able to see my kids grow up. Like during this period of time, were you Googling? No, I do not Google. Wow. I'm so <laughs> impressed with you. I would have been Googling wall. I was, I mean, even though I know, like I, I don't son- Google and I actually advise many people not to Google because you're going to, you're dying. Like every time you go on Google, for sure. No, I do not. I, have, I, I do I have, not Google. Okay, good. I, um, I had like some, I had people who I was connected with who were that you trusted information. Yes. Yes. Um, and, and then I went to my doctor the next day, the first time I met him, who was like, he's super important to me and is a great, great doctor. Is this a neuro? Yeah. And he's like an MS specialist, um, in Columbus. And he, um, you know, he confirmed the diagnosis and I think sort of was waiting for me to like lose your shit. Yeah. And I was like, all right, cool. What's what next now? Yeah. And so from that moment on, that's it. That's like, all I've done is just say like, let's do this shit. What I love that. Like, I love that. So yeah, much. I want to say something. I truly believe, and this is just my concept of what I believe is my higher power that we, I don't personally believe in a God that gives us MS, but I believe in a God that gives us an amazing neurodoc. Like I believe, 100%. I believe that life happens to all of us and that we are also given what we need to get through it. That's so funny that you say that because as we were driving away that day, so they had just built this neuroscience center and I was actually the first patient there that day. My doctor had just transferred from Ohio state to, um, from Ohio state to Riverside. And I was the first, like they were not open. I only got to go there because someone called a favor in and I arrived on that day. They didn't even have their computer set up. I had to like hand fill out everything. And, um, we, when we drove away, my husband said to me, it was like, look, this was like, you know, not meant to be, but like, look at what we have at our fingertips. We have this like amazing, program that you can be involved in and this doctor and you know and I say from then from that point on I mean I always say that I was supposed to meet my neurologist like he was supposed to be in my life unfortunately yes be my doctor and not my friend but you know um that things like this happen and to be honest since I was diagnosed and have become pretty vocal on social media about my diagnosis I have been connected with people all over the country who um, during that period of time when they're initially diagnosed um, and I, I hope have been helpful or I've told I've- Well, it's because you're connected to them because you are a lighthouse and right. you offer light. So that's one of my responsibilities. So I do it with people that are going through sobriety. I do it with people that are going through divorce and I do it with people that want to not hate themselves anymore. And so our responsibility is we've been given these opportunities of darkness and hallways that we did not want to walk down, but we walked and then we get to hold that light for the next person. It's a, it's a privilege. It's a beautiful burden. 100%. But you get to do that, right? Like, so if you didn't do that, if you just stayed in your own world and was just talking only about your MS and didn't reach out to anyone else and weren't there as a privilege, I think that your joy would be so much smaller. 100%. And actually it's super interesting because right after I was diagnosed, I had multiple friends reach out to me to tell me that they had MS and no one knew. Wow. They hadn't told anybody. And I was like, like, not wanting, were they embarrassed about it? I think that people feel like if you tell people that you have an, they'll treat you differently. They'll treat you differently. 
And I, this is what I say, and this is what I say to people as this happens to them, or they're going through this initial period of time. Like, I think that they will treat you differently because they'll be like, you're a badass. Yeah. I love that. Look at what you do every day in light of all of these other struggles that you have, you know? So, um, for me, it was never a question. Like people, my doctor was like, do you want to, you know, do you want some information to like talk with your kids about it? I'm like, my kids know everything. Like they don't need to like, I don't sugar. So what did you tell them? Well, I mean, my daughter was two. So that was like very different. Um, I, my oldest one was, I think if she was, he was seven. So he was a little bit more like, I mean, I didn't drive for a month. So there was like, I mean, there was no sort of hiding what was going on with mom. I was taking naps during the day. I don't take, I never even took a nap when I like had a newborn. I just Mm -hmm. don't do that, you know? So, um, it was just like, you know, mom has this thing it's called MS. I never like called it something different. I just said, I have MS. You weren't like a mom has a (laughs) boo-boo. I have MS, you know, it can affect my nerves. And these are the things that I'm going to do to make it be okay. And that was it. And that's like sort of all they needed to hear. And, you know, as I, as they've gotten older, they know that it's, you know, a little bit more serious. I go monthly to have infusions and, you know, whatever. And my oldest is on social media. So he follows me. So Will you explain to me, because I know people who have MS, but I don't actually know like what it means for your life. Like what is the life style and what are like some of the obstacles that you are aware of, not because I want to do anything other than to understand better. Yeah. Um, so, you know, the, the most major sort of symptom is fatigue, um, or what most people have, you know? And so, you know, for me, I always tell people I'm like 95 to 97% of like who I used to be, you know, but I know I cannot, I mean, I don't, I don't think I could go out both nights of the weekend anyways, cause I'm 41, but <laughs> like, I can't stay out late. And if I do like that next day, I have to not plan anything that's major, you know, or I can't, I mean, we went to Disney a year and a half ago and I was nervous. I was nervous how your body was going to be. Yeah. And we didn't, we like, didn't go in the summer. We went also heat or like really hot or really cold for me, at least the cold is a problem too. But for a lot of people, it's just the heat. Um, I could not go to Florida like in the summer and, and be active you know, like that would just be too much for me. But, um, we went to Disney and I was, I was worried about going and I kind of like did some prayers, you know, and just wanted to make, get through that week. And I'm like, when I get home, if I like have to rest, like, I'll just do that. And I honestly was totally fine. My neurologist was like super happy. I mean, he said sometimes that could put people like in the hospital. I mean, cause we went from like, you know, 8am to 10pm, you have three kids. Like we're not we went to Disney, like we're going to Disney. You did it because you wanted your kids to have that experience. Yes. And so I just push through usually. And I mean, mindset is a huge part of all of this. And I know that like, you know, I talk about diet and I talk about my medication and whatever, but I do think that the way that you think about things is also a huge part of perspective is everything. Mm -hmm. What do you personally do to keep yourself in a strong mindset where your numbers are able to be nine, 10 worth 10 voice? What are you doing today to be at that level? Gosh, I don't even know. Just like live. I don't think that I, is it a decision Consciously trying to do anything? I think I'm just living my life. I think I've tried to get a little bit better about being nicer to myself and like giving myself a little bit of grace or, 
you know, I'm not that good at that. My husband would disagree. Can like, you give us an example about, about giving yourself grace? Where, Just where like do you not having to be go, go, go. Like I'm a go, go, go from the minute I wake up till the minute I go to bed. And like, you know, my husband is, is like, you need to just chill. I don't understand that. Like, I don't sit on our couch. I don't like, I don't even, I really don't sit on the couch. Um, I don't watch TV. Like I don't have shows that I watch. You're <laughs> just, just nonstop. Like, yeah. I'm just nonstop, but I don't, I, and I, you know, my neurologist will always say like, I, well, this is what I said to him. Like, if I'm not that, then I'm not like who I am. So you know, his goal is to keep people who they are before their diagnosis. And so like, yes, when they ask me my questions, when I go for my appointment, like, are you fatigued? Are you, well, of course I'm fatigued. I wake up at 5.30 AM, work out, go to work, come home, drive my kids to 8,000 practices, like, et cetera, et cetera, like any mom, you know? And so I, I'm trying to get better. Like, I do think that I have like a little bit of more of a handle on it to say, like, I can't go, go, go all weekend. I have to have some downtime. And so I, you've been, you've been willing to use your voice for that today. Yeah. Like, yes. And I acknowledge been, that I've been like, I'm getting a little bit better about saying no. Are there certain things and you don't have to answer this if you don't want to with what you know of with the diagnosis that you're afraid of? Oh my God. Well, aren't we all like afraid of, you know? Yeah. I mean, we are, but you have more of a mask for your fear. I think that I try not to think about that stuff. You know, like I just had my yearly MRI yesterday and I will probably hold my breath a little bit tighter until I have my appointment. Because you want no change. I want no change. You want unremarkable. I want unremarkable. (laughs) I know all about those words. Who wants unremarkable in any area except in your MRI? Yes. So I will probably exhale a little bit bigger, you know, when I, hopefully when I get those results. Um, But I don't necessarily let it affect like my daily existence. You're all about now. I'm all about now. I love that. And I think that that actually is what all the teachers are telling us, right? stop trying to figure out then you don't even know what's then, right? Yeah. We don't need, none of us know. So like you said, yes, you are aware of, but it doesn't sound like you have time, to no, eat, right? Not time. But that might actually be your survival. Yes, That's your agreed. survival. I think that that is. I forgot to ask you and you don't have to answer if you don't have it, but did you bring a quotation today? I think that I put be you as like, you did. I have it right here. Yes. That's, that is kind of what I always feel like. And what I try and teach my kids or, you know, I'm, I'm a therapist for children and work with preschoolers and et cetera. But, um, I'm just all about like being who you are and, you know, that might look a little bit different for everybody, but you just have to embrace that part of yourself. You might be too much or too little for some, but it's okay. I love that, you know, and I, your daughter could have been the model for it, but there's that meme where there's the girl with like the crown and there's like sparkles everywhere. Yeah. And it says you might be too much for some people, right? Those are not your people. Totally. And that was me because I was always being told to use your inside voice, mm-hmm. keep it down, bring it down. Be more, Everybody wanted me to be smaller and less than, and I feel like F you, like, this is who I am. And I yeah. love that you are doing this with the youngest of people be you. I heard this woman yesterday say to me when she was talking about her journey, she said, there's nothing wrong with you. And I was like, I wish we all could walk around with that belief. Yeah. 
that there's nothing wrong with us. I know that's so hard though, right? I know. Until you're 41. Until you're 41. Are you ready for lightning round? (laughs) Sure. Okay. If you could go back to yourself the week you got your diagnosis, what would you say to her right now? It's going to be fine. In terms of your body with your medical stuff or any of the challenges that you currently have, what judgment would you like to let go of? God. Like what judgment of what I think about myself? What would be like, if you could just like remove this line or these words that come up now and then, what would you like to remove? Um, you look great. I mean, I would say to myself, like, no matter what, you look great. What would 80 year old Shara say to you today? Oh, wow. <laughs> Maybe the same thing. It's all <laughs> be fine. It's all going to be fine. She always knew, right? She's like Dorothy. Yep. What is beautiful to you? My kids <laughs> together, like our family. What does it mean to be a strong woman? Oh gosh. Stand up for what you believe in. Go after what you want. What do you want others to say about you? Oh gosh. Um, she made a difference. Hmm. Can I tell you a secret? Every single woman that I've interviewed who started with all this shit that we have, not one of them had said anything to this question other than how we make other people feel. Mm-hmm. Nobody ever is like, I wish that they would say she looked so good. Yeah. No. I wish that they would say her I scale. Always, I get so emotional about like the Hamilton song in the end, like who tells your story, who, you know, that it like chokes me up to even think about because that is the most important piece to me is like, what will my story be? Yes. And, and you get to decide Yeah. You have two questions left. If you found out that you have six months left to live, what would you do with the rest of the year? Spend the time with my family. Anything different than now? Would you, would you just like, yeah, I don't even need to go anywhere. I just think I would just want to be with them. COVID has also taught us that we don't actually need totally. to go anywhere, right? We don't Maybe need to I go anywhere. on the couch. <laughs> you need to just a little bit, right? Totally. With yeah. them. With them, right? Because they like, sit on the couch plenty. I bet that they would be shocked if today you just blew them out of the water <laughs> and for like a half an hour with nothing else to do, not like right. an extra project. Yes. And just sat there scratching backs and snuggling. Totally. They I have them. gotten better about that. I Good. Think. Good. Last words. You get one piece of advice for every woman listening to hear. What do you want to say to them? I think you just need to be yourself and figure out what makes you happy and what, what you feel passionate about and just go for it and, and share it. Yes. Don't just keep it inside. If we don't tell other people how they affect us, that's one of the things I learned the most when writing my story is when people send me a message, I make a really strong point to let them know that they did not have to let me know that my story affected them. They could have enjoyed it and then never said anything to me. And I wouldn't have known. And that ripple effect of that beautiful kindness would have just died with them. When we find what we know and what we love, which is why I'm so grateful you do what you do out there on social media, because I want, I want to hear your story and I want to know you the most way I can, you know, since we're in different worlds, because you make my life better. Like you you made a difference to me. 
you as well for me. Thank you. Thank you for being on here. You are courageous and beautiful. And I'm so grateful for you in my life. Yes, me too. Thank you. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you are willing to rate, review, and share with your people, it makes such a difference for others to find it. And if you wanted to check out my memoir, Seconds and Inches, it's available on Amazon as an audiobook with me narrating, a paperback, and digital. I promise you, you will love it. Have an awesome day. And one more thing, there's absolutely nothing wrong with you. La, 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 la.